Blog Talk Radio. Everybody and welcome to the show. It is the Tom Stevens Show. I am your host, Tom Stevens, a psychotherapist here in Houston, Texas, who works with children, families, parents all the time. I've been in the field for 18 years and thought, you know, there's nothing better than to start up a talk show that helps people out there have their own advice for an hour, a couple times a week, talk about some current topics, and you know what? It is your time to ask what you want to ask because today's show opens it up to all parents out there, especially those who have trouble with routines. We're talking bedtime, meal time, going to the store. Your child ever want to or not want to leave a store unless they get something, whether it's a snack, a treat, a toy, and you don't know how to say no. Ever have a child in a restaurant who throws a fit because they don't get the food they want and you're embarrassed in the restaurant? Well, today is the day that you can do something about it. And we are going to talk about routine, structure from mealtime, how to make it better, bedtime, all of it. Um, so with that said, I'm going to bring in my co-host, Kelly, my assistant, who handles all day-to-day operations and makes this show run smoothly. Kelly, you there? I'm here. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. It is the first day of summer here in Houston, Kelly. The kids are out. They are either sleeping or up, probably already saying, I'm bored. (laughs) Pretty much, pretty much. But not not yours. You You made a comment to me, Kelly, that I can tell the public now that Oh, after the hangover that is school, because it is all year long and summer's finally here, and you get this relief over you, right, that you just want to sleep in and say, I think I need to just go into hibernation for a couple of days, that you were actually thinking of pouring the coffee over your head I, instead I, I of believe, drinking it. I believe that's oh. what I need to do at this moment, but I think it would short out my mic, so maybe I shouldn't do that. <laughs> I mean, isn't it something the build-up to the end of school, and then there's this sudden burst of, like, summer's here. I can't believe it. I'm very excited summer's here. What better timing for you to put this show in on routines and handling kids who, you know, either resist or say no or don't like what we're doing or feeding them or telling them to do, and now here it is. Parents can get ahead of the game and start summer with consistency, structure, good routines, right? That's what we're going to give them. Absolutely. Is there any big news in the world, Kelly, I need to know about today before we dive in? Anything happening? 
I have no clue, to be honest with you. Like I said, I just literally woke up, I would say, well, let's see, 34 minutes ago. <laughs> I have got to see people out there who are still sleeping in. Moms, dads, who's sleeping in out there? People should be listening. Okay. So, Kelly, let's talk about, how, first of all, how people can call in, because I know there's going to be people that want to call in, so tell people how to get with us. Absolutely. If you are listening via the Internet, you can pick up your trusty little cell phone and call 347-838-9737 um, to, for any question that you have. And just go ahead and push the number one, and it will prompt me, and I'll get on and see what you see what you have to say to Tom. And if you are... Um, if you have a question and you don't want to call, and you can. I'm going to say this right because my husband gets on to me. You can tweet it instead of tweet it, <laughs> since I say the same wrong thing every time. <laughs> you can tweet us at Tom Stevens LPC. That's Larry L is in Larry, P is in Paul, C is in Cat. Um, you can also find us on our new Facebook page, Tom Stevens Counseling, Consulting, and Motivational Speaking. So that's really the way you can talk to us today. We'd love to hear from you. Yep, I'm still searching out what a twit is. If anybody <laughs> can let me know, I've heard it in my life before, but it was never in a positive way. Um, there was a story before I get into this, Kelly, that that kind of shocked me. I wonder what you'd do about it. There is a lady in Florida who's 84 years old. I don't know if you saw this, but she actually won their Powerball jackpot. Oh yes, that I was five hundred ninety million dollars, and she's going to get. Um, uh, I think after taxes and everything, after everything's clear, this lady is getting a check for two hundred seventy-eight million dollars. Okay, Crazy. in the bank, done. Anyway, she was in line to buy her kind of uh, ticket, her I guess random ticket, and somebody let her in front of them and she credits that to her getting this ticket because you know i guess they get a quick pick or something that just gives them the numbers and boom she got the ticket so would you feel good or bad if you were that person because i think uh, i would remember that i actually let somebody cut in front of me and and uh like how would you feel i know right i think i think it would be a mix of emotions i think i would be like oh my heavens but at the same time, maybe, you know, God just didn't believe that I needed to have, you know, $12 million trillion at that moment. <laughs> oh, I mean, you talk about a drastic difference in your life, those two. I, I say the same thing happens with parents, that whether it's getting in a certain group, getting on a certain team, getting, uh, you know, up in front of a line to get, you know, things people are giving away. At times, I've kind of shoved my kids up to the front, go up, go up, go, go, go get that. That, you know, is it better to have to sit back and, and teach our children to kind of wait and let others go? Or is it better to, you know, teach them to assert themselves and be confident and get up there in the front, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Some kids just go and they dive in and then some kids pull back, you know? All right. So we are talking about Routines, rituals, Kelly, you're actually going to be on the second half of the show to talk about food because I want you to tell the people your food expertise from your past. What what gives you the the credibility to talk about food and eating habits with children? You want me to tell you that now or you want me to tell you that later? Okay, fine. <laughs> I get the hint. You can tell us later. 
You can tell us later, but Kelly's going to be on to tell y'all some awesome tips. And if you struggle with your children and what they eat, your kids only eat mac and cheese and corn dogs. Well, she is going to. I've 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 seen a lot of families or heard a lot of them that you know their kids only eat certain things. Like they will only eat chicken nuggets or they will only eat French fries or you know. So we're going to talk about all that. Coming up in the second half hour, we'll have Mary Lehman's on at the top of the hour with Go Local Advertising, who's done an awesome job at our website and put it together nicely. All right, so with that said, Kelly, I have a list of the top ten parenting mistakes. Okay? Oh, Lordy. I know and I'm, I'm going to tell you, you've done them? Oh, yeah, I've probably done all, all, all ten. I'm sure of it. <laughs> What I was fascinated by when I read about, because there are a lot of top ten lists, but this one was really good. It was by Laura Keene, who's a social worker, and it it was amazing how much this tied into today. When you talk about routines, consistency, we're talking about our kids, you know, saying no or I don't want that or throwing a fit before they leave the store or a mall because they want a treat or something to get that. They all seem to tie in. Number one on the list was talking too much. Like sometimes we get into lecture mode, don't you? I mean, it's like we we want to just talk our our children into behaving well, and we end up on this rant and rave when probably the kids have totally shut down at that point. Do you ever find yourself talking, realizing your children are not even listening to you? Uh, yes. As a matter of fact, pretty much like I said, all the time. <laughs> What about this one? What about paying too much attention, like micromanaging every single little thing, like they are, you know, the way they dress, the way they act, the way they talk, and they get like 20 different comments about how they're supposed to act, and (laughs) finally they've just had enough, and parents need to learn how to just let it go. Like when to let it go, I think is probably a pretty good thing, and that's, that's probably part of what you're going to talk about with the food thing, like there's times to really emphasize, and then there's times to just let it go and let it be mm-hmm. so that they can, you know, if they have a little give and take, kids are searching for power, and um, mm-hmm. that can be a big thing. Absolutely. Right. Okay, Kelly, I'm going to talk for a few minutes. I'm going to come back at the top of the hour with Mary and then get you in at the second half of the show, and we'll wait for the callers, okay? Sounds great. All right, we'll see you soon. Okay, everybody, now. To continue on with my list, because I I thought of routines, boundaries, when it comes to sleep. I was thinking of all these different things, sleeping, eating, uh, out in public, restaurants, when it comes to kids wanting to get what they want, birthday parties. Do you ever have to leave a birthday party early? Or do you ever think you should leave a birthday party early, but it's too embarrassing or you don't want to leave? Or you've had to be at a pool party and your kids are not acting right, and you end up having to leave. Well, sometimes that's the best thing to do, y'all. So when I bring out this top ten list, it's really to point out – some of the best ways to be a good parent is to point out the mistakes that we make. And if there's anything I tell parents they do that they need to really work on, it's, number one, to be more consistent, and, number two, to talk less. I think parents end up getting caught in a trap where they talk too much and the the emphasis of the word gets lost. This happens with teenagers a lot. 
where parents will talk their way through everything, and the teenager really just needs to hear, you know, what what's okay, what's not okay, what you're going to do about it, that kind of thing. And the regular talking can be done whenever there's not discipline, but many times, right, our children get uh, into a habit where they don't want to go to bed. Summer is the biggest, right? Routines fall, bedtime, what, wherever. Kids end up going to bed later, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, stay up all night. And we don't monitor it as much, and it actually affects their mood. I think a couple of things that parents could really watch out for in terms of mood with their child is how much they're eating, I mean, how much they're sleeping and what exactly they're eating. Those two things are pretty good measures of a child feeling good, healthy, you know, ready for the day. So uh, I want y'all to be able to have the tools to work with your children and, you know, let them make it. And the way to make it is talk less and be more consistent. The other thing on this list today I thought was pretty cool was um, paying too little attention. Like, in other words, we kind of just let it go. And uh, we, we've got to be able to not let it just go on and on and on. And so when it comes to social media, when it comes to TV, we kind of just let children sometimes get babysat that way or we just let them go off into a distance. And sometimes what our kids are watching or seeing is too much for them. And a lot of times the video games our children play, the TV that they watch, the music that they listen to is who they become. Not all the time, but it is very strongly correlated a lot of the time. And I think children today have not learned how to interact and talk with each other the way that, I don't know, the generation before, I'd say my generation did, where we played more outside with each other and there was less media, there wasn't computer stuff. So we ended up having to just either call each other on the phone and meet up or go to the park. And that's a little bit different now. So we have to pay attention to the social media piece and kids who are eight or nine years old have uh, cell phones and have Instagram accounts and Facebook and all this other stuff that we've got to really watch what they're doing. So if you've got an issue with sleeping, your child's not sleeping in their own bed, they're not wanting to go to sleep when you tell them, they are not eating what you want them to eat, they are not acting appropriately with other children, social skills, that to me is one of the biggest things that is happening in today's world is social skill development. It's lacking. Teenagers are actually using social media as their social skill outlet. That's their relationship. They would rather text or chat online than they would call somebody or talk in person, which to me as a therapist is a problem. So it's part of the reason my wife and I, Jill, we're both therapists, and we are going to have social skills groups this summer from the ages of five all the way up to, well, teenage years, 14, 15 years old, and they're going to be separated apart by age, everybody about 15 months apart in a group, and so they'll be close in age and really just learn how to socially interact, how to send and receive messages, how to recognize when people feel a certain way, and how to communicate your feelings to other children so that they recognize how you feel. And sometimes it's just learning how to be polite, respectful, 
and uh, compassionate to other people. So we're going to do social skills groups. Anybody wants information on that? Go to our website at tomstevens.us. I've got the groups up there, and they're going to start here in June next uh, next week, the week of June 17th, actually, and some will run all the way through the summer into August. And we'll have different groups for different ages. So if you you are interested for your child here in this area, again, go to tomstevens.us. If you want to call in now and talk, please do so at 347-838-9737. Again, 347-838-9737. One more thing on this list that stood out to me was bargaining. Y'all, is there a bunch of bargaining going on? I know. it's The standard is if you do this, then I'll do this for you. But you've got to stay away from bargaining because that's going to it's going to destroy. Children just learn to manipulate. They learn to take over. They learn to get what they want. And I think children learn to ask ten times to get one. And uh, they just learn to ask more like salespeople. And we have to learn to make the choices for them. So, um, I think of bargaining because I got to tell you, when my when my oldest was potty training, okay, and I was trying to get him to go on the toilet, I tried everything. And I'm a therapist. I do this for a living, y'all. And I tried everything I possibly could. And so finally, Jill just could not believe it. I said, look. If you can actually go to the bathroom on the toilet, okay, number two, then I will take you to get you a donut. And I don't care what time of day it is. I don't care if it's 10 at night. I don't care if it's 3 in the morning. We will go, Nicholas. I'm I'm telling you. And lo and behold, it was 10 at night, y'all, and he actually went on the toilet. And you know what he said? Hey, Daddy, I get my donut. <laughs> so we went, the only place I knew that was open was to Walmart, and sure enough, they had donuts in there, and we got him a donut, and Jill looked at me like, you have got to be kidding me. That's probably the last bit of advice you give anybody as a therapist. But I was desperate, man. I wanted this guy to go, and um, I wanted him to go, and he... Okay, is everybody there? Kelly, are you there? I'm here. That was random. Wow. We just had a blackout or something in this world. Something happened and it just cut me off. And so, are we back? Can you hear me? I can. That was strange, but the sound was terrible for the longest time, but hopefully it'll... I I don't know what happened. I just want to know how much of the time I was sitting here (laughs) talking to myself about all these great parenting tips and nobody heard them. I know. I was thinking the same thing. Like the conversation of where do I need to go back to now? How many of these great, let's see, where did I leave off? Did you hear anything of mine? I have no clue. Did you hear me talk about bargaining? 
That was where the call went a little cattywampus. So I have no clue. Maybe we could get a caller to call in and tell us what they last heard. <laughs> Can somebody tell us what they last heard? Is that possible? Somebody call in 347-838-9737 and push 1. See, and please it's tell still Kelly. all messed up, Tom. It sounds like you're speaking in slow motion. Am I speaking? Hello? <laughs> you can't hear me? Tom? Yeah, I'm here. Hello? No, it sounds like you're talking in slow motion. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I'm going to change my outlet. Okay. Well, I am going to go ahead and talk and assume that everybody hears me. If anybody out there can hear me, and you can call in to 347-838-9737, or you can text me at 832-545-4851. I would love to hear it because I don't know at this point if I'm talking and people can hear, but I'm going to go on assuming everybody can hear. I think Kelly's totally been dropped off, and I can't see her at all on the board. Uh, so. I am going to wait and just see if I can hear from somebody. And if not, you know what? I'm still talking about good stuff anyway. And I left off at, um, for me, it was bargaining. And uh, when it came to the choice of my son going to the bathroom and me going and getting him a donut at Walmart, unbelievable, just bad parenting on my part. I also had a bad parenting moment um had a bad parenting moment with my son as far as sleeping goes um, when when he was going to bed he wouldn't go to sleep and so he kept coming down into our room and all of a sudden I decided you know what I'm going to go up I'm just going to kind of pray with him sing to him and see if he goes to bed well within a week's period of time I learned how to go to sleep right there with my son and so I would stay there until he fell asleep. Well, then I was falling asleep. That's a classic parenting issue, right? And it's one thing I tell parents. Do not stay in there until your child falls asleep, and definitely do not stay in there until you fall asleep. And so Jill looked at me. She's like, Tom, this is not working. Okay, Kelly, you there? Yes, I am. I think it's you, girl. I think it's me, too. So I'm on my cell phone now. So just put me on mute, and I'll put myself on mute and just keep going. (laughs) Yes, do that. Okay, so when he, well, I was found myself falling asleep there, and Jill's like, this has got to stop. You can't do this. We all are human. We all make mistakes, so don't worry about it. The key is how we correct the mistakes. It's what we do with them, and when we get into routines or we get into situations with our children where they start taking over control, that's pretty normal. We just have to learn to pull ourselves out from it. So when kids expect to get ices or ice creams or desserts or snacks, like in our house, uh, we have a thing every Sunday night. It's called Sunday Night Dessert. My wife makes a different dessert every Sunday night. It's amazing. We love it. We look forward to it. We can't wait for it. But sometimes my children start get, getting used to having you know, desserts and snacks every day, and it's not something that they should have every day. 
So when they start expecting it or demanding it or feeling entitled to it, that's when it becomes a problem. So when children start wanting to stay up later and later and later, or when children can't get off of a video game, when you tell them to get off, then it may be time to set up uh, routine and structure around it where you have an hour's worth of time to play video games each day, hour's worth of time to watch TV each day, whatever you determine, and that's how we're going to log it. If you've got an hour of TV and you want to watch two 30-minute shows, that's fine. If you want to watch them at once, you want to split them up, that's okay too. But we are going to structure, like during the school year for us, a lot of people turn electronics off. We turn all electronics off until homework's done, uh, dinner's eaten, and a bath is given. So it's every home for themselves to figure out what's best, but bargaining is usually never a good idea with children, mostly because uh, you're the one that is supposed to give consequences as a parent. And when children have leverage and they have say-so and they get to tell you and they feel entitled to tell you what they think should happen, it becomes a part of a problem. So recognize that best example I can give to parents is a vending machine. And as a parent, picture yourself as a vending machine. You know when you go up to that one with the snacks in it and you look at chips and candy bars and crackers and some of them have fruit and stuff in them, that when you put your money in a vending machine and you push B7, because that's the M&Ms that you want, and you happen to push B9, it's going to give you what? B9. That's because you pushed it. So your job was to choose. The machine's job is to give you what you choose. And when the vending machine bends it out, it doesn't have emotion. It doesn't have feeling. It is understanding, compassionate as far as it can be, which is you gave me money, I'm giving you what you asked for. When discipline is needed, that's what has to come into place. We can't take parenting so personally that we want our children to love everything we do or agree with everything we do. Sometimes they won't agree with it. And it's like Colleen said when we talked about the blended families on Monday night about her daughter Alex, the oldest daughter who grew up, you know, with children coming in the home and her not getting as much attention as she could have if they hadn't had other children come in the home and there were nights that Alex went to bed slamming her door, I'm sure, and saying, I hate you, I don't love you. And Colleen had to deal with that and recognize that that's her. That's that's part of um, growing up and making those choices, you know, as a parent. And we have to know that our children aren't going to like every single thing that we do. But we're parents. That's what we do. So work really hard not to get into the bargaining. When it comes to bedtime, I think consistent bedtime is good. I think being able to tell your children that, you know, 8 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 9 o'clock, whatever you decide is your bedtime. And if summer comes and you want to loosen it up a little bit and make it later, that's fine. But I still think you should have a consistent bedtime and not have them go to bed at 8 o'clock one night, 10 o'clock the next night. In fact, I wrote a little bitty article, a blog about it. It's on my website at tomstevens.us today, and it talks about resistant children and when they say no, that bedtimes are good to have structure in. Also, going to stores, it's good to know what children can or cannot have. Do they get a treat every time they go to the store? Do they not? My big thing is when we go to McDonald's, I like to get a Diet Coke. McDonald's has large drinks for a dollar, so hey, it's awesome. And so I'll let my kids have a drink there, but they typically only get one drink a day, and that's kind of it. So they get to decide whether or not they're going to use it then. 
but it doesn't mean they get a snack and a treat every time we go someplace, especially when they're feeling entitled. So you want to be able to stay away from uh, the children deciding what they are or are not going to get. Now, power struggles. This happens all the time. Parents fighting with their children, arguing with their children, who's going to get the last word. It is so critical to recognize who's in charge. And the easiest thing you can do as a parent a lot of times is just not talk. It's it's to not say anything. So just work your hardest to be able to um, just stop talking and let them know, here's what's going to happen now, and that's the way it's going to go. Okay? So when it comes to – I'm, I'm going to get Mary Lemons on here in just a minute with uh, Go Local Advertising. But when it comes to getting routine and structure, parents are traditionally bad at it. They're bad at food. This is traditionally, and I'm generalizing, but they're bad at food. They are bad at um, bedtime. They're bad at uh, giving things at stores. They're bad at leaving restaurants when they should. All these different things, especially when it comes to wanting our children to have everything. And we have to learn to schedule ahead. One of the things we talked about last Thursday on the summer show was schedule ahead. Think of where you're going this summer and find a day where it is play day, where we have $20 to be able to go wherever we want to go. Let's think about where we're going to spend it, but Tuesday is that day. Wednesday is going to be a stay-at-home day where we eat our food at home and we do this at home. Thursday is going to be a day where we can go to the park and do things outside. You want to just structure it so that you know what's coming and your children know what's coming. But you are going to be able to set the standard in the schedule. The other thing on this list was giving in after saying no, which happens so much with with parents. They say no, 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 and then sure enough, they give in. And I see that all the time. In stores, I see it a lot. But also at birthday parties, staying late places. Do you ever have your children not want to leave and so you're trying to get them to leave and then they end up 20, 30 minutes later, they're still there. So trying to not give in after saying no. Just work your hardest that when you say no, it's no. Otherwise, don't say no and it'd be better. Once you say no, though, you have to really hunker down and and try to um, try to do your best to just make it a no, I guess is what I mean. So anyway, let's go to our good friend, Mary Lehmans from Go Local Advertising. In fact, that's probably the perfect person to talk to today in the midst of everything that's going on. Mary, are you there? I'm here, Tom. Good morning. How are Mary, you? Mary, we are having all kinds of technical difficulties, and you're probably just the person we need. I don't know if you're an IT person. I know you're a social media person, but can you fix our problems? Uh, no. <laughs> you're the problem fixer, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I can only deal with the misery and depression of having technology not work. I can understand the feelings behind it, but I can't fix the connection problem if it's not there. But did you have that feeling in life where you're talking and nobody's listening? Yes, I have. And when you when you asked Kelly that, I was just waiting for her to say, oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. What did you say? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that happens with our kids, right? I mean, do you ever feel oh, that in summer? Like... 
Yeah, who's when running the TV the... is on, when the TV is on, and I'm asking them to do something, I have really tried hard to train myself to not ask more than one time and just go over. And especially, I've heard with with boys that if you touch their shoulder and then get their attention through touch versus just yelling at them, it really does. It's effective. And so, going over and touching them on the shoulder and saying, "Hello, I asked you, do you want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich?" <laughs> You know, and not asking them across the room three or four times because that just, your frustration level just shoots through the roof. So I've been trying, I try, I'm not saying I do it all the time, but I definitely try to like go over and not try to just scream at them from across the house is actually physical contact works. Nice physical contact works. (laughs) I do think it's funny how much of the time with either our children or our spouses, we end up talking with huge distractions going on, whether it's a cell phone or a TV or a book that's being read, and we still try to talk even though we don't have actual attention of somebody. We just we have a bad habit of that in this world. I agree. Mm. Mary, tell me yes. this. When yes. it comes to routines, I don't know, we could take bedtime, mealtime, uh, what are your kids' weak spots that you've noticed in your short life with them of where it's like, oh, man, they are the mine. My children typically are when it comes to bedtime, Uh, bedtime or getting off of like video games and stuff that if I'm going to have a challenge, that's going to be where it is. I think my challenge mostly is with eating because I'm not a very good example, a very good example for them because I'm not I'm very sporadic with what. The timing that I eat, and I usually just make them dinner, and then I'll make Josh and I dinner later. So they don't really see me eat. Um, (laughs) So they don't really, I mean, they just kind of do their own thing. And the little one, oh, my gosh, she won't eat anything um, besides spaghetti. He'll eat spaghetti, or um, he's really giving me a fight even on peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So it's it's a struggle with him because he's little, and he'll just know, and he'll crumble it up and throw it on the ground and I don't you know there's no reasoning with that. It's just like okay, you don't want him to starve, but like how do you, I don't know. I don't I didn't have I guess Kyle was kind of picky when he ate too, but he's you know, we can we can reason with him and say if you don't eat it now you're gonna have to eat it for breakfast. Um but, you know, with the little one it's like, no, I'm smushing it between my fingers, try to make me eat it. <laughs> I don't that know. That is a good point. Him. Mm-hmm. That's part of what um, that's part of what I left on the blog from the, that's on the website today was our children learn from watching us and it's just as unhealthy for our children. We'll just take food for example, but it could be TV or it could be you know our language or anything. It's just as unhealthy for us to show our children that we're not eating, like eating when they're not seeing it, as it is for us to eat unhealthily in front of them. Like both of them weigh each other out. That that maybe it's good practice sometimes to consciously say, I'm going to eat some of my food or meals in front of them so that they see how it works. That's a perfect example. In this world today, we end up taking care of our kids, but we don't all the time come together with them and show them. And when it comes to language or when it comes to behavior, maybe staying up late or watching TV or the kind of TV we watch or any of that, that what we show our children is huge in who they're going to become, you know? I agree. Oof. I can I completely agree. 
Yeah, they actually have. I have better success of putting all three of them at this little at this little breakfast table that I have. It's just like kid size, and then Kyle and Emily are showing Ryan like how to eat basically. So they're all sitting down together, and then when they eat together, then he eats better. But when it's just me and him, it's it's a total battle. I mean, I have um, about two pounds of spaghetti made, and it's frozen and just in these little servings, and so I can defrost it and give it to him. But I don't, I mean, how long can you live on spaghetti? I don't know. <laughs> I guess it has all the food groups in it. I guess it's okay, but it's still, it's frustrating. It's so frustrating. I know. Yep, that's why it's it, It's like we got to pick our battles and where are we going to do it. And I, I still tell parents to this day, if there's anything you can do, you want to model to them who you want to be, not just tell them. Uh, and we end up getting stuck in that a lot as parents. We just we try to get them in the right groups or the right sports or on the right teams or with the right clubs or in the right recitals or at the right lessons instead of us doing more with them to show them. And, and that's the challenge in today's world. But that ties into you changing our life on the Tom Stevens website. Mary, you do websites. You do social media. Well, just tell, tell us what you do because it encompasses a lot. Well, we um, basically do anything that a small business needs marketing-wise. We go from online. We actually offer print services now so we can do direct mailers, um, email marketing, social media marketing, website marketing, um, any sort of local search engine optimization if you're just trying to get to one specific area, um, you know, that you're just looking for local business, then we can take care of that as well. So it's kind of a one-stop shop. We sit down with you and we figure out, what you need, what your budget is, and we put together a package and bundle it all up and give you some good savings and take care of you. And how can people go start that service, huh? Um, You can reach me at my website, which is golocaladvertising.com or G-L-A, like golocaladvertisingonline.net. Um, both of those will get you to the same spot, and all my contact information is there. And um, we can, you know, that phone number goes directly to my phone number, so you'll get me on the horn if you call that number. So um, I'm happy to talk to people, free consultation, just kind of get an idea of what you need, even if it is like a, just an idea. Like if you have a question about something that you're not quite sure is good for your business, I can give you some advice as well. So. That is awesome. So they can actually call you or go online to find you today. Absolutely. Mary, thanks for being on the show. GoLocalAdvertising.com, website, social media, small business, big business, whatever you've got, go to her, and she really takes care of you. I can send her an article like on the blog, and she pops it up on the website. It is wonderful. It's great service. Thanks, Mary. Thank you, Tom. Mary, go have a good summer. And we'll see you Monday. Thank you. All right. She was there. Thank you, Mary. That brought up a great point, though, y'all. What we model to our children means something. The language we use, the things we watch, what we eat, how we sleep, how we pray or go to church or don't, all of those things soak down to our children and help them become who they are going to be. So I want to be able to, um, if you want to impact your children, change your behavior. I'm telling you, don't change the things you say, but change your behavior, and it will make a difference. So so I want to go back to Kelly now, if Kelly's there. I am here, if you can believe it. Love it. Kelly, we 
we're back in action, and we are ready to talk about food because I know food is a big thing. Mary just mentioned it for her. If food is a big struggle when you have multiple children in a home, especially how you manage food. And one of the points she made was, I kind of just realized that my children actually might not see me eat because I'm so busy trying to take care of them and I do my meals later that that impacts them too. So tell everybody, going back to the start of the show, what is the, what's your background with food? Well, my background with food is um, I basically went to culinary school out, out of college because I really enjoyed food. So basically I am a chef by trade, but I just really like being on the radio. So I thought, you know, let me be on the radio. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so you actually can help people with food because, unlike me, who likes greasy burgers and fries and shakes, you actually know the health of food and what it means, right? Like there's a purpose for putting something in your body. Correct, correct. Food okay. is well, a passion of mine, you could say. <laughs> and so what do you think as far as raising children and a parent who's in the world that, you know, it's crazy, it's busy, there's things going on, is the biggest mistake most parents make when it comes to food with their children? And I'll tell you what I think. Um, I would say really um, is just our world is such a get-up-and-go world these days that we just give them fast food too much. We use we don't take food as an enjoyment anymore. It's a hurry, hurry, quick, quick. You know, there aren't a lot of families that are sitting down at the dinner table anymore, you know, and I think that is is, is, a, is a main problem of, of healthy eating these days is, is there aren't many healthy choices out there when you, when it comes to fast food. Yeah, and everybody's kind of fallen into that realm of of whatever is easiest, you know. Mm-hmm. And the easiest today tends to be a faster kind of food. Yeah, I think it's also, to me, the biggest mistake parents are making today when it comes to food is they are giving too much power over to the child to decide. And the children go with what their taste buds tell them, you know. Absolutely. I'll tell you I'll tell you another thing that happens in today's world, like if you go to a restaurant, just any restaurant you went to that was also around when you grew up, um, and the portion sizes have gotten so much bigger today than they were before. Have you noticed that? Plates take up an entire section on the table. Uh, yes. And and people aren't trained to say, you know what, like this one, I remember this one client I had a long time ago who she was working on some uh, weight loss, and and a lot of people do this, but I, it just was a, a good thing that she said, when I go to a restaurant, I order my meal, and I tell them to put half in a container and bring only the other half to me. So I don't actually bring the whole meal and, and then put it to go. They box it up before it ever gets to the table, and half of it's ready to go. And so she only eats what would come in front of her. What do you think about that? I think that is an amazing idea, amazing. I had a a friend that I spoke with the other day, and he only put stuff in a to-go container. And his to-go, not a to-go container, I'm sorry, like a Tupperware container, and he would only eat what was in the Tupperware container. And every week he would put less and less and less and less in the container until his body got used to eating a smaller portion. And he said, now I can't, I couldn't even think about eating a full container of of food. I think that is an amazing idea. So it isn't always going to be about what people eat and trying to get these 
always have healthy food. You can mix other stuff in, right? But what do you think, what would your advice to be, be to parents who, let's say, summer starting, and they want to their children, they don't want to have this struggle of my child can only eat chicken nuggets or my child will never eat broccoli or green beans or what should parents do to make healthy eating happen this summer? Um, well, there are several things um, I know that we do at my house because I have three girls, um, and I have two that eat amazing, and I have one that kind of is a, a give or take. It kind of it depends on what she feels that day. But I know a lot of the things that for the summer that you can do <clears throat> is really when they engage in something with you, it makes it more fun for them. So take them to the grocery store. I know that sounds very scary to a lot of moms out there, <laughs> three kids in the grocery store in the summer. <laughs> but really engage them in what what you're doing. You know, give them their own – sit down before you go to the grocery store and let them make a list of things. And, yes, give them – okay, you can put five things on your list, and three have to be healthy and give them examples of what healthy really is because it's, it's scary out there. Some kids may not know what healthy is. You know, they may not understand that a vegetable is healthy or a fruit is healthy. They may think a pickle is healthy because they know it's a cucumber or something. Um, But really sit down before you go, and they can have five things that they can pick, and three have to be healthy, and one is is, eh, not so much, and then they can have a sweet treat. And then go to the store and let them pick out their own things, and then come home and really engage them in where they put their snacks and advise them of, okay, this is going to be snack time, just like they were at school, you know, even if it was in preschool or if it's in elementary, junior high, you know, high school. You had a direct snack time during the day. You couldn't eat all day long. Um, Help them, let them cook meals with you. That is so fun. My little one loves to cook with me. She has her own apron. Um, She really gets in there, you know, obviously they're not cutting vegetables and stuff, but, you know, just engage them in things. It makes it more exciting. That's a great, uh, making them a part of it so they make choices. I think I love that because what kids do see as healthy is kind of shocking at times, right? Like they look at the package or they look at uh, the meal or some of these kids' meals at places we've talked about before that are totally unhealthy. And, you know, it's all about the toy that they're going to get or the the treat that they're going to get. And they end up not knowing what they should or shouldn't eat. So if parents are going to take children off of the way they've been eating – you're going to have withdrawals, Kelly. There's going to be kids who are going nuts. So um, when it comes to food, what do you think they need to do to, to keep it from being just cold turkey? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely a weaning process. That is for sure because really, you know, Mary hit the nail on the head, and that was one of the things I was going to say. You know, like you said, kids see what you do. And if you know that it's going to be a struggle for you, it's going to be a double struggle for them. So it's really weaning them into it. It's slow steps. You know, okay, today we're going to take this off it. Or don't even have it in the house. You know, that's the they, – they're going to open the pantry and pick, of course, the most most unhealthy thing that's in that pantry or in that refrigerator. So your first <laughs> step is just not have it, period, the end. You know, and don't have your little secret stash that you have hidden away behind your behind the box of healthy whatever, because you know we all do it. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but – Really try not to have it in there. You know, I was just reading a statistic, and it is so sad. 23.9 million children are obese. That's 30% 
33% boys and 30% girls are obese in the United States. That is scary. Wow. Yeah. I mean, scary. Really, and and we kind of just keep on going at the same pace. And you know what? A pediatrician of mine said, which I like the advice, it's not so much always about having children diet because that's dangerous. It's about changing the way that you're eating and exercising and it's really about just not gaining anymore that as children grow and they get taller and they get bigger that if you can stop the the rate of growth of weight, the gain, you actually they will catch up in time instead of parents worrying about trying to diet so much. So is dieting good or not good for children? No, I don't believe it's good, and that's funny. You know, I, I talk all the time that, you know, I do Weight Watchers, and I have a, a friend who calls in all the time who's lost 90 pounds on Weight Watchers, and and I never say that's, like, about being fat or I'm doing this because I'm fat. It's always because I want to be healthy. You know, we have to eat yeah. healthy foods, you know, and it's it's we have a rule at my house when you come home from school. You have to have a healthy snack before you have a not-so-healthy snack. And my children's version of a non-healthy snack is wheat thins, you know. But, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> I'm not kidding you. It's hilarious. But they know that they have to have a healthy snack first. So it's, it's you know, we don't all need to be a part of the clean plate club. You know, that's another thing. Right. I mean, we all grew up, you know, most of us grew up, you have to clean your plate. Well, you really don't have to clean your plate. If you're full, you're full. That's exactly true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... But a lot of parents don't get that teaching, and so they go to – I mean, a lot of parents are worn down. They're exhausted. They they just go the path of least resistance, and you know what? The kids won't complain if we go here or if we get them that, and let's just go on with it. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's, 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 it's a hard thing. I mean, like I said before, it's all about, you know, giving them some choices. Don't let them rule the roost, but definitely if you put a little – a little control in their hands, it goes a long way. Obviously, you're the one that's in the ultimate control, but if you just give them the, the power to make choices, we have to give them the power to make choices about food now or when they're, you know, when they're 19, 25, 32, they're going to be making the wrong choices that entire time, and that's when obesity is going to really rule their rule their world, you know, and that's scary yeah. to think that, that our poor kids are going to turn into, you know, obese and unhealthy adults. And the cycles mm-hmm. just get going, and they're going to do the same thing with their kids. Well, it's kind of like one of the things that on this top ten list I didn't mention um, that was on there that that struck a nerve was ignoring problems due to parenting insecurity. Sometimes, as parents, we ignore a problem that's there because we know the problem is there. We don't want to deal with it because it's going to be too hard to deal with. You know, it's got to be tough. Yeah. Especially with food. I mean, food, I mean, think about it. You, I think we had a statistic at a meeting that I went to one time. They asked us, how often do you think about food a day? Like, like, is it every two minutes? Is it every hour? It was something like every three seconds you think about food. That's how much, I'm not kidding you, and that's how scary, you know, that's how scary it is. I, funny, I'm sitting here at my, six-year-old just came around the corner and said, hey, can I have this? And it was food. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) You know what helps me, though? I'll be honest with you. This isn't probably child advice at all, but you know what helps me when it comes to food? It is uh, 
wearing tighter clothes always changes my perspective on food. Like today I'm wearing these dang tight jeans that are supposed to be more current and modern because you know I've worn baggy stuff for a long time. And so these ones that are a little bit firmer, I guess they're a slim cut or something, I'm telling you, I just feel like I don't want to eat for three days because it just it tightens everything in. And so I think what it helps for people to do is find what works for you. If it means that container like that guy had that you put mm-hmm. your food in, you know, if you're going to eat crazy, you're going to eat crazy. But one thing you can do is try to at least structure your life a little bit. If it means, you know, going, making sure that you go to work with uh, lunch and without any money, then do that. If it means with your children, you chart out on a schedule when your free day is to go out to a fast food place and you know it's coming, so it's on there for this week, but the rest of the week you're going to eat a certain way, then, you know, that's really all it is. It's trying to, to I think, okay, I'll ask you then instead of me giving all the advice. What do you think the biggest downfall is in the world today, 2013, with parents when it comes to food and their children? What is hurting the most? Well, I think it's what you said. I mean, I think we as parents are so busy doing everything else, we just give in to them, you know. And and food is so important, you know. It's it's the most important thing for the ch- for our children's health, you know. If we're not, if they're not going to be healthy, they're gonna they're not going to be able to thrive in anything that they do. But I think giving in and really not being educated ourselves on you know, really what healthy is. I mean, I have so many friends that don't even know what healthy is. They think of opening a can of peas is giving their children um, a vegetable at dinner time. When really, if they really looked at the back of that can and saw what was in that can of peas, they would never, Mm -hmm. ever give their child a can of peas ever again. You know, and it's really just about educating ourselves. You know, poor Mary, God love her. You know, she's so stressed out about giving her poor baby, you know, uh, spaghetti all the time, but she's actually right. That is all the health, all yeah. the nutrition, it's all in there. You know, you yeah. can hide vegetables places that children would never know. I hide yeah. vegetables all the time. My girlfriend, she hides vegetables in everything. Purees vegetables, sticks it in everything, and these kids have no clue. They think they are eating the best meal they have ever had in their life, and it is okay, full of so vegetables. Give them advice just to that. What can people do, since you've done it and know about it, that don't know how to do it, what can they do today that will actually give their child vegetables without them knowing it? Well, there are several ways. You can definitely, like I said before, you can take broccoli, um, you can take carrots, you can take cauliflower, you can take green beans, and you basically just mash them down to nothing and stick them in everything. We make cauliflower mashed potatoes all the time. It started with we put, like, two or three potatoes and, like, a little bit less of cauliflower, and then we started adding more and more cauliflower and less and less potatoes. They love them. Um, spaghetti is a perfect place to disguise, I guess is a better word, your vegetables. You stick them in there, cut them really small. They have no idea. Um, change up your noodles, people. Don't always use spaghetti noodles. Make the noodles fun. That's going to be more exciting for them to eat it. And just use less noodles and more more vegetables in your sauce. Um, really, you can hide vegetables in almost anything that they eat. I mean, seriously. That's, 
That's really good. And that's just planning ahead, you know, and just preparing it and saying we're going to eat spaghetti and you don't even have to tell them what's in it, you know? Exactly. And I know a lot of people worry that the cost of vegetables is so high. There's this wonderful new place here in Houston called Sprouts. And so inexpensive vegetables are. So inexpensive. Yeah. Wow, that's really cool. You know, breakfast is our biggest meal. I'm grateful that we have the jobs and lives we do because breakfast is our dinner. Kind of we sit down, we we wake up early, we all sit at the table and eat. And I make breakfast every morning. And one of the things our children have gotten used to because we make um, egg whites, turkey bacon, turkey sausage, and um, fruit for them every day. And, and our kids, like when they eat regular eggs or regular bacon or sausage, they they are so used to now eating something that's healthier that it actually tastes better to them, the healthier part. So it's all in the training, you know, and them getting used to that taste. Absolutely. So. And another thing, and one of the things that you were talking about is, is, is routine at dinner. You know, it's just hard sometimes to really deal with all that. Just sit down at the table with your kids, tell stories, have fun, bring it home. Really, that's all you need to do. Kelly, awesome advice. I loved it. Thanks for sharing all that. We need to follow up with that like further on in the summer about uh, what people are doing to actually – I would like to see you get on and and have kind of a a structure or a plan for things to do week by week. Maybe we'll put that up on the website and see um, see if people can follow that. Because I know when people see it on paper or they see it online, they can they can follow that by putting into action. So thanks so much for being on, Kelly. Thanks for handling the show. Sorry about the technical difficulties. But, Kelly, <laughs> tell everybody what's coming Monday because this is our biggest oh, show. It's big. Yes, we have an amazing author of a book. Um, Kelly Buckley is going to be on. He is talking about his book, Understanding Children's Dreams. So we have an author on. So everybody have great dreams over the weekend so we have something to talk about. (laughs) And I actually have an 8-year-old who had a dream two nights ago, and I am going to bring that onto the show. I may actually have Tony call in and tell him because it was such an interesting dream. And I want to see if Kelly, what he'll say about that. That's so if your exact- children, if they've had dreams and you can't figure out what they mean and what they're about, then save them up and call them in for that show Monday night, 8.30 p.m. Central Time. Kelly, thanks for being on. I will see you again soon, and we'll be back on the air Monday night. If you all want to get a hold of us, TomStevens.us, right? What else? Absolutely. Have a great weekend, everybody. All right, everybody, thanks for being on. Go have a great weekend, and tune in Monday, 8.30 p.m. We'll see you soon.